welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts, me, Ariel, Raylene, and today mm-hmm. our host, Brenna. Brenna, say hello. Hello, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Yay. Oh my God, guys. I usually do that in one take and it took me three takes today because I'm so excited to have Brenna here. My mind is freaking out. <laughs> Brenna, where are you uh, talking to us from? Where in the world are you? I, like Carmen Sandiego, (laughs) am am coming at you uh, from Meadville, Pennsylvania, which is in northwest Pennsylvania, kind of between Erie and Pittsburgh, if you're any... Like, if you're familiar with that area at all. Yeah, if you know the Great Lakes. My Great Lakes people out there. I feel like growing up around the Great Lakes means that you know what surrounds the Great Lakes and that nobody else in the world cares about the Great Lakes. (laughs) (laughs) But it's weird because we don't really know what region we are. Some people are like, oh, you're East Coast. Some people are like, oh, you're Great Lakes. Some people are like, well, you're almost Midwest. I'm like, how are we Midwest? Like, (laughs) we we don't really know. We're like the one state that doesn't have a place. So You're in you're in a little Bermuda Triangle, except yes. you have nothing to do with Bermuda. <laughs> well, we're so excited to have you here today. Um, I kind of am laughing because we need to introduce you. We need to tell everyone who you are, but I like know everyone listening knows who you are because I won't shut up about your books. And on the <laughs> There's only one Brenna that matters to this podcast. <laughs> As it should be. So today we are talking to Brenna Thumbler, author of Sheets, But now, Delicates, when this episode comes out, Delicates will be out, the sequel to Sheets. That's so exciting. Brenna, when does it come out? So there's been a lot of confusion about this, and I am here to clarify that... (laughs) that, Breaking news. Yes. (laughs) Um, So it'll be out in bookstores on March 23rd, which I think it'll... Will that be before this podcast comes out? Yes, I think that'll be a few days before. So anyone listening mm-hmm. to this can go get it. Yes, that. it is out now, people. Yes. <laughs> um, but then it'll be out in, it, it'll be out everywhere March 24th. And that includes comic shops as well. So oh, okay. Everywhere okay. on March 24th. Do comic book shops work on a different system than other bookshops? I'm not really sure because actually back when Sheets was published and it was a it wasn't the merged company it was like the original company I was working with yeah um it was different like the comic shops would actually get it a week earlier and then oh, everywhere would get weird. it the week later so I don't know I guess Things different people switched. do it differently wow yeah, it's always so exciting to learn these little publishing secrets that nobody knows about <laughs> yeah <laughs> books on brown bringing the exclusive entertainment um <laughs> but it would be great if you could let everybody know a little bit about yourself what you do you obviously are a graphic novelist um oh my god the end of green gables maybe just let's do a whole episode on the end of green gables graphic novel but yeah it'd be really exciting to just hear a little bit about how you got started and what you do before we jump into asking you um some pretty intense questions like who your favorite author is <laughs> i yeah so i feel like i've told my my getting into graphic novel story a lot so maybe some of you already know that it's it's a very unconventional story um i did not read any graphic novels growing up and all throughout college if you would have asked me you know what are you going to do when you graduate the very last thing i would have said is graphic novels mm. like i I didn't really realize how how wide of an audience they had. I mean, back when they were right. all superhero books, you know, you of it course, didn't really yeah. speak to, it was a uh, time. to young girls. And 
so I wasn't I didn't really have experience with them and I just thought it would be really overwhelming and not something I'd be interested in uh but I ended up at a publishing company after I graduated and Mm. there was one day I was wandering through a thrift shop and the spine of this one summer jumped out at me oh I feel like this one summer was a revolutionary book (laughs) I mean just the spine is revolutionary But um, among all the books, I pulled it off the shelf and I was like, oh, the cover is even more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then I opened it and I'm like, oh, it's a graphic novel. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I I was like, mm, I'm not going to like this, but it is only $3 and the art is worth $3. So yeah. I got it and I took it home and I was like, mm, maybe I'll read a little bit of it. And I did. And I think I read it all in one sitting. And just fell in love with it. And it was maybe a month after that that I was asked to work on the Anne of Green Gables graphic novel. So I saw that as fate. It was like, you're supposed to love graphic novels. (laughs) (laughs) Read graphic novels. Um, And then, I mean, it was still still very intimidating for me. I I thought, is this really something I want to get into? This is going to be a lot of work. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if I'm going to be good at it or, or enjoy it at all. But it was such an amazing opportunity that I couldn't possibly say no. And... And I'm so glad. I mean, that's it's the best decision I ever made because it it just showed me exactly what I should be doing. So I love that story so much, Brenna, because I feel like that's actually a really similar story to how a lot of people get into reading graphic novels. Mm -hmm. Um, I know growing up, I also was like, that's a superhero thing. And it wasn't like a negative, but it just wasn't a thing that excited me. And literally, I think the first kind of... um, I don't know what to call it, what what this one summer and that genre of graphic novel is. I guess it's young adult, but it's also sort of not. But uh, the first one I read was this one summer and I was like, intriguing, <laughs> go on. <laughs> um, and then I started reading like obviously more of Jillian and Marco Tomaki's books and then kind of stumbling into it. Um, yeah, Raylena, did you come into graphic novels a bit more through manga? Not really. I came into manga actually later than mm. I did with graphic novels. I'm trying to remember what the first graphic novel I read would have been. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go to the library a lot, so I feel like I probably just grabbed mm. something off the shelves and got into it that way, but I actually have zero recollection of what the first graphic novel I read was. Hmm. Well, I'm really glad that you got that book, Brenna, because uh, here we are today. Yes. Uh, thank <laughs> thank you to Jillian and Mariko Tamaki for, <laughs> for bringing us here today. <laughs> I owe them my life. <laughs> Um, well, we, whenever we have a guest, and me and Raylene were talking about how we haven't really had a guest in a long time, our phone calls are always virtual because Raylene and I don't live in the same place. So really, we can't use COVID any, as an excuse anyways. We can't be like, oh, well, COVID happened, so we can't invite guests on. And we're like, no, it's the same <laughs> system. But for some reason, when COVID hit, we just stopped having guests. So, um, But whenever we do have guests on, we ask them these first six questions to try and just get to know your reading tastes a little bit better and what you're currently reading and stuff so they're big questions but they must be answered number one who is your favorite author okay so (laughs) i am going to mention two but first i should mention that my favorite authors do not write my favorite books and i I will explain so my favorite books tend to be books that surprise me or thrill me or stress me out beyond belief um (laughs) yeah and and my favorite authors it's not like they're not doing that in their books but I I turn to my favorite authors because 
I'm in the mood for their particular book and I know exactly what to expect from them. And so there's this level of comfort there that is separate from what I'm looking for in a book, which is typically discomfort. (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting. (laughs) So um, the first I want to mention is Jodi Pico. Oh, who yeah. I she was actually my favorite author back in high school mm-hmm. and so it's hard to say if I would pick up one of her books today if I would feel the same way totally. um and I know she's written around 25 books and I've actually read I think 21 of them oh my um, god you have to finish you have <laughs> oh, to oh yeah catch up. oh this is this is totally a goal of mine that I'm working on but the thing is I'm I'm thinking that maybe half of the books or even more than half I don't like yeah that's so uh, interesting I just, she always includes a ton of drama and a ton of stress, stressful situations, and there's always a plot twist. And man, if there's one thing I want in a book, it is a good plot <laughs> twist. Yep. And, and uh, so I always know that I'm going to get that. And then she also writes about so many interesting topics and does a ton of research for each book. So... Like, for example, I mean, My Sister's Keeper, which is probably my favorite of hers, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. was like a cancer book. And then... The storyteller is about the Holocaust and leaving time. She writes a lot about elephants and there's a book about racism. There's a book about like an abortion clinic. It's it, there's always mm. this co- controversial or unique topic that she writes about. And so I always know that I'm going to be learning about something new, which is exciting. Right. Um, and there's also the level of comfort where she kind of got me into reading as a high schooler back when we yeah. read like only classics and old white men read writing books and yeah, I right. just I couldn't get into that and so when I finally got my hands on a Jodi Picoult book I was like oh books can be fun to read mm-hmm. so it was a, sort of that um that nostalgia factor I guess of just growing up with her and getting into reading because of her uh and the other one I want to mention is Emma Straub who is, I know that name. I know that name. Modern Lovers? Am yes, I crazy? Yes. Oh, sick. I love it when my memory works. <laughs> it's impressive stuff. It's so rare, but sometimes it happens. It's so rare. <laughs> um, so very different ballpark. Her books are a little more low-key. I mean, they have stressful situations, um, but they're very character-driven, and they're kind of these witty observations about humanity and its problems, and... You can always tell what's an, when it's an Emma Stroud book, and mm. I, I kind of turn to her for a comforting read. Even though there mm-hmm. are such stressful situations, it's very relaxing to me, her writing. Mm. So, so yeah, she's definitely my other. Even though, again, her books necessarily aren't my favorite books, but... That's so interesting, but I think yeah. Raleen and I, we've talked about that before, right? Where there is some misalignment between necessarily favorite books and favorite totally, authors. Totally, Absolutely. I feel like Stephen King is an author I really like, but I've only read one of his books, and it's a nonfiction book. But I'm just like, Stephen King as a dude is so interesting. Well, and I have a similar thing. Like, I I would count Stephen King as one of my favorite authors because I've read so many of his books, and, like, a handful of them have been favorites. But then the rest have been, you know, mediocre to bad. (laughs) And, like, for myself, my personal taste, I'm like, I don't love all of his books at all. But I yeah. like he has some books that really spoke to me, so he counts as my one of my favorites because of that. You know, yeah, yeah, that's good. We're we're forgiving. We won't cancel someone <laughs> just because they've got like a couple of bad books. You're like, okay, I'm gonna stop reading them. <laughs> no, exactly. Like Salem's yeah. Lot isn't gonna ruin Stephen for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Breno, uh, I guess this is a perfect transition into what is your favorite book? 
again, this is really difficult to answer. Um, <laughs> it is. Impossible, <laughs> even. Because <laughs> there are, I mean, everybody knows there are a lot of good books out there. A lot of them. And how do you choose one that you think is the best? Um, And the thing is, I like books for different reasons. Like, I might like a book for its characters or for its humor or for Mm -hmm. how much it stresses me out. And and then, of course, you, you might feel really strongly about a book at one point in your life and then as time goes on that that strong feeling fades and you just don't remember how much you loved it uh and then Mm -hmm. other books replace it and so I guess most of the time my favorite books are ones that have become favorites recently because I remember how much I love them yeah and so I was thinking you know what are the books that really have stood out to me in the past few years and there are two I want to mention and the first is an absolutely remarkable thing. Recommended oh by oh, yeah. one Ariel Bissett. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've peaked. <laughs> this is my peak. Man, that book is so great. I oh, and it's so I mean, I heard the description. I was like, there's no way I'm going to like this book. Some weird robot show up in a city and I'm like right there. I'm like, no way am I going to like this. I know. It's, it's a tough the, sell. It's, <laughs> it's a I tough know. Sell. It's hard to, I'm sure it's hard to get people to read this, but guys, you gotta read it. <laughs> uh, if I haven't convinced them yet, Brenna, you must have known. Yes. Like, they must go out and do it. I don't really care for sci-fi. I don't like weird, unex- like weird creatures um, mm. or robots, mm-hmm. but th- it's so good. And this is one of the only books that has ever made me laugh out loud. I don't yeah, laugh out loud when I read it. I, I repeatedly laughed in my room at this book and oh it's so good it's so good have you read the sequel yet i did yes oh my god i'm like halfway through it it's one of my problem books that i first saw it was caught in the move it was caught in the move i I did this big move and then i just like packed it away that was my that was my mistake i packed it away and so a couple of months went by where i don't i couldn't find it and now i'm like do i restart it but yeah did you like the sequel i did i i did not enjoy it as much as the first but, but you did like I it. did like it. Yes. Okay. Solid. Thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm <laughs> nervous. <to know. laughs> what was the other one you wanted to mention? Uh, where the crawdads sing. Oh, really? Which, you like oh, that book, right? It's, I. I mean, again, a lot of plot twists. A lot of. I mean, it's a like a murder mystery kind of book. So mm. it. I. And it's so interesting because it. It. It kind of juxtapose this calmness of being out in nature and enjoying the birds with this thrilling murder mystery and it, it's so mm. it, it was again just an incredible book and I, I actually didn't hear about the movie adaptation until your recent podcast and I flipped I was like I, <laughs> I can't wait for this movie I can't believe our book news actually is alerting people to some book news really <laughs> I know I mean most of the time you surprise me with stuff so there's gotta I be other like people out there who don't know things <laughs> when I'm looking for book news I'm mainly just like what should I tell Raylene like what does Raylene not know about so I'm really yeah. glad to that it's serving the masses as well <laughs> yeah. that's yeah it's so exciting and, and um it's the actress who was in normal people right so she's like oh, yeah. now she's so cool oh, she's got those bangs everyone wants oh. what a cool lady um well this is kind of again this is kind of a next uh, a good next question is what is your favorite genre because the authors you've mentioned and the books you've mentioned are all kind of in different genres a little bit so i'm curious what your generally is the genre you pick up the most so i i mean very specifically i go for adult fiction that features dysfunctional families Mm-hmm. And um, and also things like social issues or diseases, 
like cancer books that's that's so interesting um i feel like there's a lot for you to pick from yes good right yeah I, i mean honestly my genre is stress I was just gonna say it's distress, <laughs> discomfort. You really weren't wrong about that, or you weren't lying. About I, that. I like to be in physical agony when I'm reading the books. I'm kind of surprised because I think of Sheets and like the Anne of Green Gables adaptation as very calm books, mm-hmm. like very almost quiet a little bit because of the background and the small towns and everything. And Brenna's over here like, I need more chaos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe maybe I'm just like maybe most of the the chaos is coming from me working on the books. I'm just like, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't put any of it into it. I just have to feel it myself <laughs> as I work. Embrace the chaos. And I then I also... Really, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was going to say it's like a really specific genre. Stress. I'm like, yeah, I've never stress. heard anyone <laughs> into that niche. Yeah, that's a first. <laughs> but I also really love um, like witty, character-driven stories that... You know, they typically feature a young female protagonist who's not exactly thriving in life, and mm-hmm. and she spends a lot of her time just complaining about humanity. I, yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of those books, too. So Same. I feel like maybe <laughs> I'm just, like, reading myself into them. I'm like, she's falling apart. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> um, okay, we have to ask you what your latest mashed potato book is. And since I know that you listen to the podcast, you probably know what a mashed potato book is. But Raylene, you should explain it because it's like the question we get most often. People are like, I know. what is that? What is that? <laughs> I know it's funny when people like just start listening to the podcast and don't go back to the beginning. They miss all of that explanation and that like revelation we came up with in episode two. So It was an re- epiphany it, worth listening to. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you want to hear how mashed potato books came into being, we literally made it up on the spot in episode two, but I'll explain it again. So a mashed potato book is essentially a book that you have been wanting to read for a long time and you keep saving, you keep putting it off because you, you either know you're going to love it or you have a feeling you're going to love it, but you just keep saving it until the right moment. But sometimes if you wait too long, Those mashed potatoes get cold, my friend. Mashed potatoes are a metaphor. (laughs) They're your favorite thing on your plate that you might leave until the end because you know they're going to be delicious. But if you wait too long, could could be a disaster. Could be a disaster. Disaster. So So this can either be one that you've left for too long, Brenna, and you're just kind of like, how have I not read that yet? Or it can be one that you recently conquered. Like Raylene has been doing so jo- such a good job at conquering mashed potato books this I'm year. Trying. I'm proud. I'm proud of you, Raylene. Yes, I've been Thanks, championing man. you from the sidelines. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay, so let me tell you, friends, these mashed potatoes are very, very cold. <laughs> they are. They are completely inedible. I will eat them eventually. Um, but this was actually a mashed potato book that began back in college. Um, oh no! <laughs> they've been sitting for six years. Back. They are disgusting. Um, <laughs> so, I I picked up this book from the library at college in my senior year, I believe, and it was the very end of the senior year, and things were hectic, and I was am- unable to finish, and so I really only got maybe a chapter into it, if that, and then mm. I had to return it because I was graduating, and that kind of took precedence, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so after graduation, I moved to Kansas City to work at the publishing company I mentioned. And mm. uh, I I was like, you know, I, I really should finish that book. And so our library at the Kansas City did not have the book. So I, I filled out a request form to get the book Christmas. in. <laughs> and then they got it in. I was like, mm, okay, I'll go get it eventually. And <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so eventually I did. I went in and I checked out the book. And that was right as I began working on Anne of Green Gables. 
Oh, no. And Andrew love, Gable this is, is This is exactly the mashed potato legacy. You are in deep trouble. I am. The, they're slowly chilling. So my life just became going to the publishing company, coming back, working on the graphic novel, and that was it. I didn't have time to read, so I did not read this book. So... Uh, two years go by I end up oh, moving gosh. back to my hometown um and our library does have it so I checked this book out along with the goldfinch oh, no. and I was like I'm going to read the goldfinch and then I'll read this book after the goldfinch <laughs> as like a more lighthearted book well <laughs> friends I did not finish the goldfinch because that book is like a thousand pages long <laughs> And so I had to return both books. I, I bought The Goldfinch, finished The Goldfinch, still have not read my mashed potato book. What, <laughs> what is it, Brenda? What is this book? I know. I know. It's, it's called Getting Over It by Anna Maxted. I think I've seen this book. It's yeah. like this girl in a raincoat diving into a lake on the cover. And Have you ever considered buying it? <laughs> really it's like maybe we can be a solutions based company here but at least you have it in your house but now but now it's like then it's just gonna be staring at me ta- like teasing me every yeah. day and making me feel bad um but yes so you know it's now six years later and i have yet to read this book but i i mean i don't know the 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 back the summary sounds like it's going to be something that i moderately enjoy it sounds like mm-hmm. one of those, you know, yeah. witty, witty characters complaining about life. Um, but yes, they've been sitting for quite a while. So we'll see. <laughs> maybe maybe within the next 20 years. Yeah. Maybe happen. we can have you back in, in like a year and we can be like, how's getting over it going? <laughs> <laughs> have you gotten over it yet? <laughs> have you gotten over it <laughs> That's That's fantastic. Well... I'm sorry to hear about that tragic <laughs> tale. Um, in 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 happier, lighter news, what is the last great book that you read? The last book that you read that you were like, I need to recommend this to everyone. The Vanishing Half. Oof. Yeah. Which I think yeah. I, I, well, I don't know if I first heard about it on your podcast or just in in the world on social media, yeah. but yeah. Um, Oh, that it's it's fantastic. It's it it was it took me a little while to get into it to be honest, but mm-hmm. then once it picks up pace a little bit, it it was a really fast read. Uh, and it is it's just really interesting. Like you mentioned, Ariel, in a, in a previous podcast, like how how it really makes you think about race, like what it, what is race, and I mean, yeah, people who are mixed race, but they still feel prejudice about one mm. side of that. It's it's just mm-hmm. it really got you thinking and really didn't provide any answers to yeah i I agree with that actually it left it hanging in a way that's sort of like i'm not gonna tell you what to think you now have to think about it like you have to sit and think for a while yeah so i mean that yeah that was a really fantastic book and i mean it it definitely deserves all the attention that it's getting in the media Mm -hmm. have you read the mothers have any of us read the mothers by Britt bennett because no the vanishing half was so good we gotta go and read that one too definitely once i finally read the vanishing half i'm sure i'll be dying to get that book too <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um all right what are you currently reading this is a, a fun question because we can jump into the now yes so i am currently reading it's called with the fire on high 
by oh, Elizabeth yeah. Acevedo. Uh, Acevedo. Um, yeah, we were just talking about that book because I got it and then I was too scared to read it because it turns out it's about pregnancy and that really stresses me out. Uh, well, I mean, I, but, <laughs> but it's stressful. Yes, it's stressful. stressful. <laughs> so it must be perfect. For She's brand. smiling so big, guys. You have no idea. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not too far into it right now, but I wanted to read more uh, Latinx or Latina-focused um, books. Yeah. Because I really haven't – I don't even know if I've read maybe just one or two. You know, I haven't really read that yeah. many. Yeah, um, totally. And so, so far, it's it's really enjoyable. Um, and it's, I love just hearing about their culture. They talk a lot – it's, mm-hmm. it's about um, someone who's really into cooking. And so you hear a lot oh. about – the like Puerto Rican experience in the kitchen, which is really exciting. So that's cool. So yeah, it's it's been enjoyable so far. I have to recommend you the House of the Spirits by Isabel Allende. It's very long, so mm. you know, take it when the moment is right. But because you said you like stories about dysfunctional families, mm-hmm. that is like the most dysfunctional fel- family <laughs> I've ever read about. Like to the point where you're like. You should not live together ever. Don't even talk to each other. Yeah. Pull a vanishing half situation and vanish from all of the halves because it's not good. So it's funny. I, I actually put out a request on Instagram for people to recommend me books about um, like Latina or Latinx culture. And mm. the two that I got recommended the most were With the Fire on High and The House of the Spirits. Oh, there you yeah. go. So Perfect. It'll be the my people next get one. it. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, oh my God. Really, it's time for us to jump into our recommendations. Oh, um, we're so excited to do this with you, Brenna, because like me and Raylene, we're like, it's time for a fresh perspective. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> we're like we need to hear, you. yeah, we need to hear some new. And and we went through our uh, recommendations that people sent in, and we're like, we've got to get the top notch ones for Brenna. We got to yeah. get some really cool ones, and people delivered. Like there, I think that these are we've got some really fun recommendation requests here. Um, and one that I really struggled with, I don't know what an Aquarius is enough and that you will see everyone why that is relevant in a moment because we should probably start with that one. I have been on so many like witchy tarot websites in the past (laughs) couple of days trying to really deeply understand the psychology of an Aquarius and we'll see how that goes. Um, but Raylene, yeah, can you read that one out and tell us who it's from? Absolutely. So our first recommendation request comes from Madison who says, hey gals, love the podcast i was looking for each of you to recommend a book based on your astrology signs bonus points if you recommend one based on mine too aquarius lots of love from toronto yeah when i saw that i was like i don't think i don't think i can do the aquarius part because i don't understand them at all (laughs) my mom's an aquarius but i don't understand what it means to be aquarius i like that she's in toronto though hello hello Hello. hi great lakes great lakes (laughs) um okay Brenna, you should start us off. You should tell us what your sign is, what apparently that means, and what book you picked. <laughs> okay, so I am a Scorpio. and Oh my god, me too. Oh, no way. Oh um, <laughs> me too, guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the thing is, so apparently Scorpios don't understand Aquarius. So I... <laughs> So I, I'm so sorry. I don't have anything either for Aquarius. That's good. That's um, good. I am going to recommend uh, Little Fires Everywhere. Mm. And I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking it's because Scorpios start little fires everywhere, and it's not true. <laughs> 
But even if we do, it's because we have every reason to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because we're right all yes. the time. <laughs> the thing, so the thing about Scorpios uh, is I think we, the thing that's most important to us is truth. We value honesty so mm-hmm. deeply. Um, and Little Fires Everywhere is full of deceit and people who are fighting to learn the truth and figure out what is right like what are the right answers and so i mean it has that and then scorpios are also really known for being secretive people but it's only because we are distrusting of people and kind of keep our guards (laughs) up until we're willing to let people in and then we are deeply loyal so i feel like a lot of characters in little fires everywhere are like that where they have a lot of secrets but to the people who they care about they're doing whatever they can to protect them. Um, mm. So there's that. And then the book itself, I guess, feels like it's kind of keeping secrets from its audience. So it, it kind of leads you to believe certain things about certain people. And then at the mm-hmm. end, you feel differently. It's I, I love a book that feels like it is hiding things from you. Mm. So mm-hmm. it, it definitely felt very Scorpio to me in that way. And then on the more like positive side of Scorpios, like we are we are very determined people and very focused on a passion and we give it our all and refuse to give up. And I felt like many of the characters are that way where it's like they, they know what they want and they're not going to give up until they get it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yeah, true. I agree with that. I think that little fires everywhere is a great a great scorpio book i think that um i i think that's perfect i think that makes a lot of sense to me i'm, I'm literally over here reading about the compatibility of libras and scorpios because i'm like uh are we meant is to it be good friends it says that we're both very loving so uh i think that's good <laughs> fantastic well i feel like really? i should go next because i yeah, also have a scorpio sure. recommendation for sure um, and basically for all the exact reasons that Brenna recommended Little Fires Everywhere, I'm recommending Gone Girl mm. because this book is also full of secrets and lies. And the main character, Amy Dunn, basically she, everything she does in this book is because her husband lied to her and betrayed her. And, and so mm. she's, it's kind of like vengeful and <laughs> kind of crazy but you know I, I kind of relate to her in a lot of ways where it's like yeah if you wrong me I will go to crazy lengths to like get back at you I wouldn't do what she did but it's like she this is the extreme version of a Scorpio personality oh yeah I mean, if, um, you, if you do one thing it's like you're done from our life <laughs> if you yeah. lie to us this happens to me in my everyday life it's like if somebody like wronged someone that I love I'll be like I'm not talking to you I, I can't even look at you right now you're done you're bu- bye bye <laughs> so yeah this just felt like to me a very very scorpio book with the the secretiveness and the you know revenge that just felt scorpio to me and this is one of my favorite books so it just kind of just kind of spoke to me and actually i did come up with an aquarius book it took me some digging but i finally figured something out um okay i wrote on a little on a little post-it note what is what an aquarius is this is what i learned apparently they're very independent and kind of humanitarian so Mm. i was like okay and my mom is like that. Like I said, my mom's an Aquarius. She's very giving and loves to do things for other people. So I kind of leaned into that. And I would recommend Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. Because God, she gives great that. life advice. And she's very to the point And, you know, gets her message across in a clear way. And just basically just wants to help people. So that's what I wanted to recommend. 
for the Aquarius since I had a feeling it was going to be tough for all of us. I wanted to make sure at least one of us got an Aquarius book in there. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I should start with the Aquarius situation. And again, mm. I also, I, God, I've been trying to really understand. The, <laughs> like, I, I even started to read all the other horoscope signs. Because I was like, maybe <laughs> if I understand the other ones, it will better put into light what Aquarius yeah. is. And so uh, that didn't help. But what I got to was that Aquarius is, like you said, seem to be quite independent and mm-hmm. even stubborn. Like, yeah. stubborn was a word that I was seeing a little bit. And the book that came to mind was Radio Silence by Alice Oseman. Mm. But I literally can't explain why. I was just, it was, a, <laughs> it was a vibe. It was a mood. It came into my head. I was like, the main character is kind of stubborn and um, almost too independent. Like, she mm-hmm. doesn't want to accept, uh, accept friendship. And that's kind of what the book is about, about, like, opening up so that you allow yourself to get help from other people. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go with that. But uh, I don't feel that confident about it. So let's move (laughs) on to what being a Libra is all about. Uh, Mm -hmm. Please tell us. I think I love being a Libra, but I think it's kind of the dorkiest one because they're all like cool mythical animals or like intense scorpions. And then Libra's (laughs) just a balance scale. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so on the nose because like, Libras are supposed to really care about fairness and we're supposed to care about justice and diplomacy. Like those are the three words that people are always saying Mm. about Libras. But then the other thing is that the Libra personality is supposed to be very like outgoing, loves being with people, doesn't like being on their own and uh, stuff like that. And I was really, I think that the book I picked here is perfect and it is So You've Been Publicly Shamed by John Ronson, which also happens to be one of my favorite books of all time. Um, but basically this is, have you read it, Brenna? I have oh not. God. No. Oh, oh it's so You good. have to. You have to. <laughs> um, so You've Been Publicly Shamed. We've talked about it loads on the podcast, but it's a book, a uh, nonfiction book by John Ronson, who is like an, an investigative journalist. Um, and he goes around talking to people who have been publicly shamed for something. And whether that was a tweet that like blew up or um I'm actually this is I guess this is a secret because it, well it wouldn't have been because this episode's coming out by the time the other one comes out but I'm currently rereading it Raylene I thought Amazing. you'd be excited to know yeah and um because I'm currently rereading it I'm like going in, I'm in the middle of this journey and first of all it's as good as we all remember oh, but secondly <laughs> it's even more stressful if you like stress Brenna you gotta read this book it's uh oh, there, yeah, it's, it's painful one of the things that it starts out with is this author who plagiarized and like of course he deserves to get in trouble for that and have his books recalled and stuff but like it's just stressful hearing someone's life be torn apart and there is this moment this is like near the beginning of the book where he is issuing an apology because this book is like I said exploring what happens when somebody gets cancelled what happens when um, they have to like apologize or figure out what to do next or, or like suddenly you need to be a PR team but you're just a random woman in Arkansas that tweeted something weird and you're like I don't know what to say but this author he like was hardcore plagiarizing in a bunch of his books which is so scandalous and 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 insane and so he accepted oh god even just thinking about it is a disaster he accepted this um like speaking position at a conference and he was going to use it as an opportunity to both apologize and to talk about like uh his experience and why what he did was wrong and what there is to learn from it Mm -hmm. but what they did was (laughs) what they did was they had a giant screen next to him that was sharing all tweets that 
use the hashtag that the event was using, right? Okay. Which usually would be fine, because you'd be yeah. like, imagine you're at, like, BookCon, and it's like anything that uses hashtag BookCon comes up on the screen. Like, that could be really cute. Yeah. But he's doing this talk next to this giant screen, and he's got a screen kind of in front of him so that he can read the tweets. And they're all just people tearing him down. They're like, this guy doesn't know forgiveness. This guy is a piece of garbage. We can't oh. ever. And he's like having to do this speech while reading this thing. And John Ronson watched this happen. And he was just like, the humanity is gone. <laughs> and I'm just like, um, so that's why I think it's a perfect book for the Libra situation. Because I'm like talking about fairness. What is fair? What is justice? Like there's, there's a difference between... Um, justice and then cruel justice right like yeah. where's that line between how we respond to people uh humanely even if they did something wrong but like humanely or or when we decide someone's transgression wasn't that bad um yeah so i think that it's a great book also if it's for this libra mentality of like being outgoing and and wanting to talk to people john ronson is like the embodiment of that that guy is so chatty and like yeah. curious about other people he could just talk to anybody and strike an interesting conversation yeah exactly every exactly um all right this this next one is so cool let's do the inception one raylene okay i love this one okay this one comes from verena who says hello so i almost only listen to instrumental movie soundtrack music and my favorite piece is time from inception i've been wondering if you could recommend a book that kind of has similar vibes to that piece or that you could read while listening to it absolutely love the podcast love from vienna woo that's exciting <laughs> wow i went to vienna it was the fanciest city i've ever been in kind of freaked me out i was like this is too clean <laughs> it's <laughs> like right. really really nice um okay so i'm sure cj who's editing the podcast is either playing the song right now or can insert a clip of it now So people will have heard that now and they can get a vibe of what we're talking mm -hmm. about because it really has a specific vibe that I totally. think people need to hear. Brenna, what did you think? What did you pick? This one was actually more difficult than I thought it would be because mm -hmm. to me the song felt so majestic. Like it would go along with fantasy mixed with adventure and a little bit of thriller, mm -hmm. like similar to Inception where it's like a really right. big dramatic yes. adventure story. I don't read fantasy or adventure stories. Yeah. No. And so it was more difficult than I thought. I mean, the first thing that came to mind was Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Ooh, because yeah. it's, you know, it's like the Hunger Games. It, there are a lot of tragic moments in it because the, the song sounds very sad, but also very yeah. powerful. And mm. so that was the first thing that came to mind. But I also wanted to try to think of something that has not been mentioned on the podcast before. And the Impossible. next- Impossible. I know. <laughs> I know. You've covered all books. But um, the next thing that came to mind was a book I actually read, I think, back in middle school. So this is a young adult mm. book. Uh, and it's it's a, a, sea, a sea tale. It's called The True Confessions of Charlotte Doyle by Avi. 
It's actually... I'm gonna, hit... I'm gonna look this up. Oh, it's... I've heard of Avi, but I don't know that book specifically. Yeah, he wrote Crispin, too, and a lot of historical yeah. fiction books. And mm-hmm. I don't often read historical fiction, but I just remember loving this book so deeply. It was probably my favorite book back in middle school. Oh, cool. And it's about this young girl who's sailing from, um, I think, the, the UK to America, and... Mm she has this sort of alliance with a captain where she's supposed to look out and make sure there's there are no mutinies happening on board but the captain's mm. this really terrible person and there are mutinies of course and she doesn't really know whose side to be on because she kind of becomes friends with the crew and there's a lot of tragedy that happens on it's on the high seas it feels like a pirate tale it's just That's it's cool. really dramatic and some parts are sad and it, i just remember loving this so deeply and i i think that it fits with the whole powerful drama of this mm-hmm. song which is a beautiful song i mean i i need to find more more books that are like this song because it is it yeah is beautiful. totally i i agree i just looked up the cover of that book and it really looks like it's a it's like a like you said it's a, a younger girl on a ship and but it looks like elizabeth turner kira knightley's character at the beginning of or elizabeth swan i guess at the beginning of pirates of the caribbean when she's still a little girl on the boat and she's like a boy a boy in the water that's it looks like that (laughs) ariel i feel like you've seen pirates of the caribbean a lot based on that specific Uh... moment that i don't remember at all (laughs) i am right there with you oh look there's a boy there's a boy in the water (laughs) yes (laughs) that's hilarious what have i been doing all my life i should be watching out you should be watching more of pirates of the caribbean series clearly um Wow, that was a great moment oh, for me. Funny. Okay, Raylene, what did you pick? I'm because, like you said, I thought Brenda, this was kind of tricky. It's it got that song hits a lot of tones. Totally, yeah. This is one that I feel like was more geared towards me because I read more sci-fi and fantasy than I guess both of you. And um, so I just honestly, I put the song, I just put on the song, and I listened to it on repeat for like five or six times, and I was just staring at my bookshelves, like seeing which one would call to me, and. Um, yeah, but obviously based on it being in the movie Inception, I was kind of thinking like, what's something that's kind of like Inception, something that has to do mm-hmm. with time or reality or dreams or like whatever, something like that. And the first book that came to mind was Dark Matter by Blake oh, yeah. Crouch. And I feel like this is the perfect book for this song. It just fits so well because like you mentioned, Brenna, the song is kind of has a sadness to it. But I also took that as kind of like a longing almost because this book is about a man who essentially gets... Um, it, it has to do with alternate realities and he kind of gets stuck in a different reality from his own and all he wants is to get back to his his actual reality where his wife is. Mm. And so it's just like this kind of sad but like fast-paced adventure of him traveling through different realities and trying to make his way back home. Kind of reminds me of Interstellar a little bit also, which funnily enough, mm. the main theme from Interstellar kept coming on after um, oh. time because <laughs> I was just listening to it on YouTube and they were both by the same composer, I guess. And... So yeah, they kind of got blended together in my mind, and I feel like this book is the most like inceptiony, interstellary kind of book I've read so far. So it's the yeah, best, it's got like, a best recommendation really, I got. Even just the cover of that book looks a bit inceptiony. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's a great one. <coughs> I'm joking. <coughs> That's fine. <laughs> okay, I'll make it through. Um, so when I heard this song, I I've I've seen Inception, but I didn't ever love Inception. Neither did if I. you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, so I never I don't remember the soundtrack really. So I, I was like, yeah, you know, it's probably gonna be kind of a cool epic piece. But I started playing this song and I was like, wow, this first of all astonishing. Obviously, Hans Zimmer, uh, Raylene, yep. who also happened to do the parts of the Caribbean soundtrack. Of if you course. <laughs> <laughs> but um. 
I'm listening to this piece and and like you said, Brenna, I was like, this is so epic that it feels like I need an epic story or something. But the more that I listened to it, the more of the sadness I felt from the song. Like it, it does feel very sad and sweeping and like struggle. Like the word to me is struggle. Like it could end up being okay. Like the struggle could be one, but you don't know. And it's like a really intense moment where things are going awry and the main character or characters are going through like a really difficult emotional moment. And so when I started like hearing that section of it part of it element of it um i couldn't not think of exit west by mozen hamid um this book is so devastating but i think i think more people should read it i know it got really big when it first came out and it has a really beautiful cover so if that helps people pick it up they should but it um i kind of feel like it was one of those books that died down a little bit and i don't think that it should have because it was so fascinating and i think it was a really interesting take on the refugee crisis so basically it's a book where um these characters are living in a in a in a country that's like really falling apart with war and just really terrible situation and they start hearing about these doors these magical doors that once you step through the door it will take you somewhere else in the world and so they pay a lot of money because of course like the doors get uh hijacked by like people with guns and they're like you have to pay us if you want to use mm-hmm. the door so they save up money they, they they step through the door to escape their like war-torn country and they end up in greece i'm pretty sure it's greece so. uh they end up in greece in like a refugee camp and it's like another devastating situation that they're in and it's like such a struggle for this couple to stay together and to like find peace and to have left the country that you love and um to go from kind of a really terrible situation to another bad situation and then they're like trying to get to another door Um, But also in that kind of grand, almost sci-fi, magical realism way, it's just very interesting to like read about this weird world where there's all these doors that people are stepping through. Um, So yes, that's my pick, Exit West. Raylene, you've read it, right? Yeah, I have. I don't remember a lot about it, but you're making me want to honestly reread it potentially because I did listen to it on audiobook and I Mm. remember specifically going to the gym and listening to it while I was like running on the treadmill, which I don't know what I was thinking. Like, how am I supposed to pay attention to a book while I'm dying? (laughs) So I definitely think I should reread that. And while you were describing it, honestly, I saw a lot of parallels between that and dark matter. There's a lot of, you know, kind of magical doors and walking through places hoping to get somewhere better than where you were, but it's not always better than where you were. So, hmm, very interesting. That is very interesting. Well, our last one, and I'm so excited that we're doing this one with with Brenna. Uh, Mm -hmm. Our our graphic novels one, really. Read it out. Yes, this one is from Sarah, who says, Hey guys, when I was a kid, I used to read a lot of manga, but I have never read any graphic novels. And now I want to really get into this world with your help, hopefully. If you can both recommend your top five graphic novels, I'll be forever grateful. So, did we all bring five? Because I brought five. (laughs) I brought five. I did it. I have five. I feel like we should should zip through these, otherwise we'll be here for ten hours (laughs) describing all of our books. (laughs) Yeah, let's maybe go a little quickly, but I'm very excited to hear what everyone picked. Brenna, start it off. Alright, so my top five are This One Summer by Jillian and Rachel Moffey. Now we know why. (laughs) You know why. Uh, The Prince and the Dressmaker by Jenny Wong. It's so... Beautiful. It's so adorable, so wonderful. Um, on a Sunbeam by Tilly Walden. Yes. Yeah. As Raylene well, just read that one. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's actually that could possibly work for the um, time. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a true. Space kind of story. sad. Yeah. Floating through space, like 
you know, fixing up broken buildings and they're just, oh yeah, that's a good one. That actually works really well. <laughs> also, Are You Listening by Tilly Walden is another one of my favorites. Right. I, I got an advanced reader's copy of that one and it wasn't, um, only the first five page were, pages were colored. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of it was mm-hmm. just black and white. And so I was like, I don't want to read it because the coloring was so beautiful that I was yeah. like, I want to read the whole thing with the proper coloring. And then I've just forgotten to buy it. I yeah. need to go get that one. I think the art in that one is what makes it in the top five for me honestly mm. and then the last one is laura dean keeps breaking up with me by marigo yes it's just <laughs> so good yep, it's just awesome. so good right you were mentioning earlier that um an absolutely remarkable thing is one of the few books that has like actually made you laugh out loud laura dean keeps breaking up with me as raylene is well aware mm. is a book that made me scream a lot <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like every couple of pages ariel was like no no stop it <laughs> It was so stressful. (laughs) Oh my god. Raylene, what did you pick? Okay, so as I've talked about before, my favorite graphic novel or comic series is Lock and Key by Joe Hill. So that one has to be my number one. I Mm -hmm. love that whole series, but I'll just go with Lock and Key as a general thing. Um, Nimona by Noelle Stevenson is one that I absolutely love. It's just so much fun and the art is one of my favorite one of my favorite graphic novels of all time based on the art. Um, On a Sunbeam by Tilly Walden is also one of mine. I just read it a few months ago and it just shot right to the top. I was like, this is incredible. I haven't read any of her other books yet, but I definitely have to. I know she has Mm -hmm. a new one coming out that's like a um, omnibus of her old works. So I'm Mm -hmm. definitely going to pick that up once that's out. Um, And then Chopsticks by Jessica Anthony and Rodrigo Corral. Have either of you guys read Chopsticks? Do you know this book? I I have read Chopsticks. It's... It's weird, but like in a cool, like it's crazy. Oh, that doesn't look like it would be a graphic novel. <laughs> no, and well, it's kind it's, of not. Like yeah. it's it's basically like a collection of pictures and there's You like have to show Brenda the insides really new. Looks, Yeah, it's, it's so kind cool. of hard to explain, but it's it's just mostly photographs and like notes between the two characters and there's like text messages that they send to each other. Sometimes there's like actual YouTube links, which so it's a very like interactive kind of book. If you want to fully immerse yourself in it, you would you know, just do every little little piece of the puzzle. And it's it's very sad, though. It made me cry so much. It's one of the few books that has actually made me cry. And it's because of the visuals. The visuals really mm. bring it out of me. Oh. It's like watching a movie. But it's just so good. It's one of these books that, like, I don't know many people who've read it, but I highly recommend it. And then the last one would be Through the Woods by Emily Carroll, which is oh, another one yes. that's just the art. The oh, art is yeah. so good, but it's also very spooky and scary. But it's so good. So those are my That five. book is horrifying. I also have it. <laughs> I have it in like one of my top graphic novels and I didn't put it on my list. This was really hard. Like picking just five. Wait, I was like. You read a lot of graphic novels. I love graphic novels. I was looking at my shelf and most of it is manga. Like most of my graphic mm-hmm. novels in manga. It's like 90% manga. So I was like, what? graphic novels do I pick that aren't actually manga? It was tough. Yeah, but I think Chopsticks is a cool recommendation because I've never seen or read another book that's told through photographs. No, exactly. Like, it's very and I don't, I actually don't remember if if they explain whether they're found photographs or if they set out to, if they took most of the photos on their, by themselves, the, the two authors. But it's like a really cool story because that's so little writing in it that you're sort mm-hmm. of just building this story in your own head. Exactly. Um, it's mostly just looking at pictures of people and their things it's yeah interesting. 
I told myself I wouldn't talk about sheets or uh, Anne of Green Gables because <laughs> I was like, I can't embarrass myself. Uh, but um, everyone knows that those are true. Um, but like putting those slightly aside, I did uh, Laura Dean also because that book just, uh, the pink. Yes. It's, so good. it's so, the it's such good shading and coloring. It's just so beautiful. Um, In Real Life by Cory Doctorow. Oh, that was yeah. one of the, also one of the graphic novels that really made me, scream a lot (laughs) like i don't know what it is about i guess it's just because it's so visual the second you turn a page on a graphic novel you kind of see everything that's about to happen right yeah and so i would like turn pages and just constantly be like oh my god um i love that one bastard by max de radigue it's french name so maybe i'm not saying it well but that is one that i really have not heard a lot of people talk about and it's such a good story about um a mom and her son who's like 10 who are on the run from they're like fugitives uh fugitives from the law and it's yeah. so exciting and stressful and uh brenna you'll love it it's stressful and a graphic novel it was um, really good i can recommend it <laughs> and then i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie i did six but that's fine i did moon cop by tom gold which is one i also i wish more people would read about a cop who's the uh, the last cop on the moon it seems like the moon was settled by humans and then abandoned by humans um and then the last one is the hole by oivind torsetter have either of you ever seen what on earth is that i know okay so this is why this is actually why i wanted to talk about this one just because i feel like i don't know if i've talked about it on the podcast before and it is Mm -hmm. one of my favorite graphic novels it's about this mm, how do I, I don't know if he's like a really a mouse. He's kind of, he sort of looks like a mouse a little bit, but he's like really tall and walks like a human and wears clothing. So it's like hard to tell. But um, he, he lives in a, uh, in an apartment. And one day he realizes there's a little hole in his apartment. But the crazy thing is that the actual book has a hole drilled through the middle like the of the oh, entire book what? so there's i i know so there's a whole i think whole i may have dr- seen this before actually yeah it's so the it was one of the most creative books i've ever read because like like i said he finds this hole and so you kind of see him like looking at the hole and then in like mm-hmm. one of the pages he's like he tried to put the hole in a box but you could see through the box and i was and like so it was this really creative the way that the author played with this literal hole that was drilled into the book that's so cool um so people should check that one out and like i it's a it's it is a graphic novel because it's you know it's drawings and stuff Mm. but it's almost a picture book because it's more because you have the literal hole in the middle of the book there aren't that many panels on each page it's usually just one but it doesn't feel like a picture book in that it's not for kids right like the it's more of an adult book so do you own a copy of it like is it something i do instagram Yes, I will. You know what? I'll dig it up because people should see that weird hole. It's really interesting. Um, (laughs) That weird hole. (laughs) Um, By the time. Oh, my God, guys. By the time. I swear to God. By the time this episode comes out, my bookshelves will be done. And so it should be easy for me to get this book because I will be. Yeah, you'll just go pick it off your shelf. You won't be digging around in buckets. Imagine the luxury. I'm holding you to that, Ariel. You know what, Brenna? Now that you are, now I have to do it. So <laughs> I can't let Brenna Thumbler down. Um, we've reached the end. I'm sad to have re- uh, reached the end. This was such a fun conversation, Brenna. Thank you so much for coming onto our podcast, for sharing all of your book stories and favorites, and uh, for helping our listeners with their book recommendations. 
Um, yeah, I want you to plug your new things that are coming out. Delicates is out on the 24th, but you're also part of another collection, right? COVID Chronicles came out? I am, yeah. So that came out on February 15th. Um, it's mm. a collection of many, many stories about COVID-19. Uh, all the comics were created for this book, or some of them had been part of other uh, projects, but... They were all donated to this book, and the proceeds mm. for, for um, COVID Chronicles will be going to the Bink Foundation, and so proceeds will help booksellers that have been affected by the pandemic, so like indie, oh, that's indie so bookstores. Yeah. That's so cool. Yes. That's awesome. So everyone, you don't have an excuse. You got two new Brenna Thumbler books to go and get um and yeah we did it so before we go the last thing i need to let you guys know about is that we are doing a mini books on bucket episode this is our mini podcast that goes on our patreon uh where we answer a fun bookish question and we are going to do it with brenna brenna i know this is a surprise we didn't prep you (laughs) what (laughs) i don't know what she's gonna say uh, Raylene doesn't know what's coming either i'm going to be asking you guys about book disaster stories what were books that (laughs) fell apart were broken were any disaster story you have with a book i want to hear about slash uh the other way to do this is things like how do you take care of your books if you're like raylene and you're the kind Mm. of person who has tips on how to take care of your books which i desperately need so uh if you are a patron or you'd like to become a patron and support the podcast you can check that out on patreon.com forward slash books unbound and we did it. Let's head over there. Thank you so much again, Brenna. And I just want to thank you too. Thank you both so much for having oh. me. I mean, this has been so wonderful. And man, I feel like I'm I'm way more famous now that I, that I get to be on <laughs> Books Unbound. I mean, I, I, I didn't feel important at all before. And now I'm like, oh. <laughs> and we feel even more important now having had you on. So, I mean, this is a mutually wonderful situation. <laughs> yeah, it's a validation festival 2021. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for also uh, always listening to the to the uh, to the podcast, Brenna. Sometimes uh-huh. I message uh, Brenna on on Instagram, and you're like, "I listen to the episodes," and I like still can't believe it. So oh, every really week, awesome. man! It's it's <laughs> every oh, Sunday. Man. I'm like, oh, books and down is today. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, bye, bye.